Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 464, the Drunkster Podcast. And as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. Introduce yourself for the second time. What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I am doing freaking fantastic. A lot of fun stuff, a lot of busy stuff. Black Friday was busy as hell, but it was worth it. And especially picking up some Black Friday goodies, gaming sales that were going on and stuff. I really wasn't going to be going into like a lot of like details in regards to what I wanted to try to find. But at the same point, I end up finding two games of the PS5, dirt cheap, got Deathloop for 25 bucks, got Resident Evil Village for $20 through the Walmart sales and stuff. Happened upon it by luck, went into the store this morning. They were still like, uh, they were still going through their offers in regards to their deals and stuff from uh, yesterday. At this time of recording, it's the day after Black Friday, obviously. Yep. But uh, fairly happy because I ended up going in and accomplishing what I wanted to do, which was, hey, maybe I could find some PS5 games that are dirt cheap and stuff that are good or have some sort of, like, positive stuff to it. And I ended up doing that. And now my PS5 collection is starting to fill itself up quite nice. I got at least now six games in physical form so that's good that's awesome i got stuff to play like i generally do <laughs> trust me even when i think i don't have anything to play i still have something to play mm. it's just one of those weird ass things and stuff but i'm happy that went out without a hitch on top of that there were some other types of sales that went on during this past week Obviously, for those that are watching in, it's like, this is one. <laughs> Big 49ers fan. Go inside Ross. And bear in mind, this is like in Washington State, mind you. And so it's like, you do not see no. rival teams for sale inside of a specific state. Like, for example, it's like, you're not going to go to, say, Philadelphia or something like that and randomly see Dallas Cowboys gear or something like that inside of their local affiliates or something like that. That, that generally doesn't happen. But as luck would have it, I go inside my local Ross and I find not one, but two. Nice. Oh, there's more. Three. Oh my god. And four. I like San that Francisco one. 49ers beanies. Is that got gloves with it too? Yes. Yes, dude. Look at this. Nice. I got gloves, matching gloves with the fucking hats. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this is camo. This is more or less sort of like a festive sort of type of stuff. But what's hilarious about it is like, these are like shop NFL freaking merchandise, right? And so it's like, I hit it just right to where, look at their, a lot of their hats, look at their whole bunch of stuff. And I was saying to myself, I need, I would love to have a 49ers beanie. And yeah. so it's like, I would have spent over $200 for these hats alone on Shop NFL, and I ended up oh, yeah. saving like about 86 bucks. so I think I spent like about 65 roughly, on the hats themselves. That's a good fucking deal, yeah. You can, dude. You can't get a t-shirt there for that. They had a little bit of everything, dude. They had Packers. They had fucking Tampa Bay. They had all this other mm. stuff. What's kind of hilarious, they had Seahawks gear, but they didn't have hats like this in the local affiliates you know it's like a seattle based things and here you have 49ers it's like that's supposed to be a freaking rivalry <laughs> yeah but uh yeah man that's a bunch of positive stuff happening this past week and stuff but how have you been doing tyler oh i'm doing all right you know uh 
you know, it's been uh, pretty busy uh, for me as well. I told Gables to introduce himself for a second time because he was mid-introduction the first time, and I realized that I was recording his audio twice and mine zero. So I had to, we had to stop that. Luckily, it was only two minutes in, and I caught that. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm doing okay. Otherwise, you know, with a little melancholy, you know, with Thursday, it was, it was awesome. Eat, eat a bunch of delicious food, had a bunch of ham, but oh, it's like my yeah. last holiday slash vacation day until Memorial Day. So, uh it's like eight months away, so that's depressing. But other than that, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, with you know Christmas and New Year's being on Saturday, we don't get uh, any time off for that, so that sucks. Um, but um, could be worse. Uh, but you know, uh, people out there are a lot worse than me. But uh, yeah, it was all right though. I, like like you, I didn't go too crazy on. I don't I haven't really gone crazy on Black Friday deals anymore. Any like, and if I do, it's like it's usually like things I need anymore you know as we get older we're in our 30s now yep. you know it's like i was looking at some sweet pot and pan sets um because <laughs> i need those um you know i was looking at shit like that but i did dabble a little bit uh mm-hmm. i bought um a uh nine months worth of xbox game pass um there you go. people don't know i don't know maybe maybe you haven't heard it if you haven't if, if you listen to us regularly or not maybe you don't know about the best deal in gaming ga- xbox game pass um but uh, yeah, there was normally it's fifteen dollars a month, so forty five dollars for three months. They had it for twenty five dollars, but they limited you to three. Uh, so I bought three of those. I was gonna buy a year, but then they, I, I, I guess I probably could have just signed back in and bought another nine nine months. Eh, it's fine. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, but so I bought that. So I'm good with that now. I think until uh, what's that, October now of next year. So basically, I'm gonna have to pay mm. a month and then come right back to Black Friday and then fucking buy another uh, nine months worth or a year's worth. Cause I did this a couple years ago too, where they had it like, I think it was like 20 or 25 and I just bought 15 months worth of fucking game pass. Um, this is wow. pre Xbox series. Uh, the series consoles launched. So, Oh um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then when I got my series S I got, um, it came with three months and then I got a gift. It came with a gift card and three months worth of game pass. So then I used that gift card to buy another three months. So, uh, so it's you worked essentially out. bought like a, a year's worth of Game Pass, right? Pretty much, yeah. And yeah, I didn't. Yeah, pretty much. I haven't really paid monthly. I paid like two months worth of Game Pass, I think, and then I, I've I'm now I'm, I'm good for a while. Um, I saw my mom about it. She's like, "You just paid eighty dollars, like eighty dollars for, for, for that." I'm like, "Yeah," but I'm like, "I'm paying eighty dollars now, but now I don't have to worry about it every month after that until next year." It's, I get it. it's it's a big you know it's a big chunk of change right now um, you know especially when when the holidays coming up you gotta spend money on other people but uh, another thing I did buy uh, I did uh, jump on um, I was going back and forth on it and stuff like that uh, about getting it because it's like oh, man, Halo's coming out in like a week and a half I don't know if I want to mm. buy another game uh, I got Pokemon Portal sitting here um, I said fuck it I'm just gonna get it and I ended up picking up uh, it kind of worked out because I, um, I had like. $17 on my PlayStation store account and they had death loop on there for 30. So mm. I just, I picked it up on there for, uh, so I just had chip in the other, you know, 13, 14 bucks. So I uh, got that. I've uh, been playing a lot of that. Um, but um, yeah, that's pretty much going on me, you know, just been, uh, you know, enjoying my weeks all thrown off. Cause I don't know what, you know, working three days, get a day off work a day. And now I'm back. I got yesterday was a I, all day. Yesterday was a Monday to me. Um, 
And then I'm like, oh shit, no, today's today's Friday. I gotta <laughs> get all my running done tonight before I get I go pick up my dog after work. So um, yeah, you know it's uh doing all right though. You know it's uh could be worse. It's that time of year though. It's getting holiday season. Uh, I look forward to that. It's gonna be very busy for work for the next six weeks or so, and then we got winter as well. So, uh, but that is not why we're here, Gables. We are here because this is a video game podcast where we talk yep. about video games. Let's jump on into that. Um, I thought, Gable, you know, Thanksgiving's over. It's been a very light week. You know, not a lot of news is happening. Just more Bobby Kotick being a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, true. And we've done a lot of that. Um, and there's nothing we can't say that hasn't already been said by us and by many others. Um, so I thought, Gables, we, we could make this, you know, a little more of a, uh, a, a positive podcast this week. Um, where uh, I want to I know, Gables... What are you thankful for in gaming in 2021? Hmm. All right. So what I'm thankful for for gaming this year currently. There are a couple different things I could think of. It's like, one, the vast amount of choice in regards to gaming currently, as opposed to when, obviously, I first started going into video games. I mean, for the listeners listening in, if you are under the age of, say... If you're not in your 30s or something, if you're like, say, 15, 16, oh, and you God. just happen upon a Go podcast away. or something <laughs> like that, uh, don't... Here's the thing, Tyler. It's like, you th- you say that now and stuff, but it's like, the way the landscape is for like podcasting and stuff like that, and also in terms of gaming and stuff, I, I wouldn't surprise me if we have like teenage listeners and stuff to us who just want to listen to some perspective of, like, uh, <laughs> of uh, us, you know? But it's like... Back then and stuff, when I first started playing video games and stuff, there wasn't a lot of choice. I mean, you basically had, you didn't have anything digital. You didn't have anything like in regards to like subscription services. You had to make do with your game system of choice, which was either at this point in time, for me, it was like either the Super Nintendo or the Sega Genesis. Mm -hmm. There was no other types of consoles that were really available in my area. So no Turbo Graphics, no Neo Geo, even though there was like maybe one time I saw it at a Walmart, but that was fucking insane to try to find because that was so fucking expensive. <laughs> we're talking about close to about a grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just and for that's that, like, and $300 that's per like, cartridge. That's like mid-1990s money, too. It was mid nineteen nineties money. Actually, I didn't even see a Neo Geo until like about the early two thousands. I was already a man when I saw a Neo Geo. Oh my god, dude! But uh, yeah, the vast amount of choice back around say the nineties in that regards, you basically had a couple consoles. You did have PC in some form, but not as flexible and definitely is not as intuitive as it would have been say now, where you can go forth and have straight up console quality games or even pc quality games and stuff be almost near identical it's like when you were gaming on the pc it was vastly different than gaming on the console because of how how the graphics were or how the game ran point and click adventures were still going rampant i mean rpgs at that point were like more text-based or more god they're more structured after specific types of uh like categories and stuff, more turn-based and stuff like that. But uh, the type of variety now, it's pretty startling. If 
you are inside of gaming right now, you have so much option in regards to what games you want to play, when you want to play them, at what quantity or what type of amount. I mean, hell, you can get Game Pass and stuff like that. You have instant a couple hundred games for you to choose from. You can go on to Steam, maybe go on to do some various sales or something like that on that storefront or Nintendo or Microsoft or PlayStation storefronts and buy a bunch of games for dirt cheap. It is so easy to get inside of gaming right now and have so much choice of what game you want to play. Literally, literally and stuff, if you've been gaming for more than 10 years and stuff, you're at that point to where you have so much games or so much content and stuff that you can divulge into that you're probably never going to get around to a lot of it. <laughs> Let's be perfectly honest. Not to bring things down a bit, but at the same point, here's some realistic. One thing that's more or less I'm appreciative for is the type of variety because it could have been the exact opposite especially during the gaming crash of the 1980s but uh, another thing i am grateful for for gaming nowadays and stuff is more or less accessibility in terms of how you get to play your games granted you're not just stuck on your tv playing in front of your and you know sitting in your chair playing games on your big on a big old CRT television or a little 13 inch TV, which was that was me with the N64 and the game that weighed 85 pounds. <laughs> no, 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 no. This was like a Sonyo, dude. This is like a freaking miniature 13 inch Sonyo TV that was like it was at the tail end of the whole CRT stuff. Oh, yeah. So this was literally like a 20 year old TV at the standard at this point in time. But I had that thing for years before it went out. And uh, that's how I would game. I would huddle close to my TV. I'd see, I'd play games like Majora's Mask, like fucking, <laughs> like Super Smash Brothers. I even cooked up my old NES I had back in the day and just started playing some of the shit on that small screen. That was gaming back then. To where now I have like a 40-something inch TV. I could watch, I could play games in 4K. I can watch and do all this various stuff. Hell, playing through the Pokemon brilliant diamond or something like that and have a system to where i can literally play it on my tv or on the go and it's like seamless and it's like incredibly crazy that i don't have to use batteries or i don't have to you know you know just all that whole different stuff it's just the amount of accessibility i surely do love with gaming as well but that's just that's two things though tyler what are you most thankful in regards just, to the whole gaming i'm just thankful that we're still getting games right now when a year and a half ago we didn't know that'd be possible for right now you know it's like to get the games and the quality of games we've gotten uh the last I mean, we've we've talked about it. like 2021 not the greatest year in gaming but a very 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 good year where the we don't have those banger 10 out of 10 games but we've had a bunch a bunch of like eights and nines this year it's been a great right. year for those for those games and a lot of really high quality games coming out, uh, despite all the issues going on with everything in the world, um, just with chip shortages, COVID, uh, everything going on. You know, just having brand new games coming out every week, constantly have new games to play all the time. Um, I don't know how the fuck they do it. Um, you know, thank you. I'm thankful for the developers for all this, especially. Um, you know, it's just you know, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot to be thankful for this year when, when you think about when you think of that. When it's just year and a half, you know, like March, we we're like, man, like we might not have a game come out the rest of the year. 
You know, obviously there was way more important things going on then, but like just the gaming sculpture, you're like, how the fuck is this going to work? Uh, yeah, you know, really. Just, just the quality of games coming out. You know, it's not just games are coming out, but the quality of games coming out uh, this year have been very good. Um, you know, just been it's just been an awesome year. And getting, being able to like, I'm thankful that I've been lucky enough to get a PS5 and get an Xbox Series S this year when I know fucking there's... Uh, a lot of people out there have been trying very hard uh, to get one. I got lucky. I was able to, I just incredibly lucky to get one. Gable, same thing. It really, if anybody yep. gets one, you're just incredibly lucky. But, um, yeah, just very thankful. and just thankful for, you know, having these games to play during uh, what's been a very crappy uh, year and a half. And, right. uh, you know, with COVID, politically, everything going on in the world. Just you'd be able to play some games and not think about bullshit for a while. Uh, exactly. You know, just just sitting on my couch, cuddle with my dog, playing some fucking video games. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I was just thinking about that. You know, it's like we never really talk about the things we're thankful for. And I just thought it'd be kind of you know, become a fun thing. Just you know, golf clap, golf clap to all the developers <laughs> out there. Thank you. I don't want to clap too loud because I wake my dog up and I have neighbors. Um, I live in a very small apartment, so, uh, but. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thankful for, um, you know, and some banging ass soundtracks this year, banging ass oh, soundtracks, uh, a lot of those too. Uh, but yeah, I just thought you know, start off with some fun here and talking about, you know, like some some of the positives going on uh, in video games this, this year. And it's just it's been a, you know, it's very easy to like, and I know I've done it, and I know a lot of people have done it, where it's easy to point out and pick holes in this year. But man, like, what this year could have been and what it's been. It's been it's been incredible. It's been nothing short of a miracle for uh, gamers out there. But Gables, this is something I wanted to do a couple weeks ago, and just shit's going on. Like we've we've run long, or we've had a bunch of this shit going on. Uh, I want to talk about it. We kind of, we discussed it briefly uh, with when they did their uh, stream Xbox had their stream. But you know, a couple weeks ago was the 20th anniversary of uh, the Xbox console, Xbox in itself. I thought it'd be kind yeah. of fun. You know, we when when like. Earlier this year, we had the, like the 25th anniversary of N64. We typically do like we look back at like you know when they get to that 20th anniversary, we look back um, at these consoles. And I thought it'd be fun not just look back at the, the original Xbox, but just Xbox in general. And like right. it was funny, we were like, I had it in the show notes beforehand, but then it was like we were sitting there like talking a lot about like before the podcast about like playing Gears and Halo and yeah. uh, even the Darkness for people that might maybe remember that <laughs> game that came out a long time ago. I. Uh, Son Gables, how I I I I, uh, I played a ton of it when it first came out, and then Bioshock came out, and I totally put off, totally stopped playing it, and then like years later, I picked it back up for a couple bucks, and I found out I had like 15 minutes left to, to play the game until I beat it. Um, but I don't know, I just thought it kind of fun, like you know, running through our history and like the things we loved about Xbox. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first on this one? Honestly, for this time, I think I'll go first, okay. only because I think I may have. Maybe a little bit less to talk about in terms of Xbox, since uh, I know I didn't really play a lot of Xbox stuff until I had a 360. So initially, my start is I got a Xbox 360 in 2008, I want to say. Yeah, it was 2008. And uh, I basically got it for like the Xbox Live stuff. So I had Halo 2, and I had like uh, Gears of War a bit later and stuff. But uh, my first initial experience with... Uh, with uh, the Xbox 360, is I think I had like both Halo and Halo 2. I managed to get 
both of those games and stuff, and I played a lot of the multiplayer in regards to uh, Halo 2 multiplayer and stuff, even back then, even though at that point it was like a couple of years removed from its initial launch, and it was in preparation for like Halo 3, <laughs> and man, it's like, yeah, playing a whole bunch of like like that, uh, the online stuff for that, and it wasn't until years later, I think last year, that I actually managed to finish the campaign for Halo 2, and it was surprisingly good. <laughs> surprisingly good for what I thought initially it was, because I yeah. basically just played played half of it and just left it. But uh, my initial thing with the 360 was to try to get a lot of the backwards compatible stuff to play the original Xbox games, because I never did back then. So I had a chance to play a little bit of, obviously, the original Halo. Ninja Gaiden Black, a little bit of that. And like uh, I still have... Knights of the Old Republic, which I have in my bookshelf right now for the original Xbox. But uh, it was mostly to try to play some of the classic games that released there from like Bioware, from Lionhead Studios and stuff, and whatsoever. But uh, some of the best memories I think I can, I believe I have for the 360. Let's see. Obviously, being inside party chat, playing Halo 3 and stuff with some of my friends, like playing some oddball, playing this and that, you know, getting super angry <laughs> in terms of trying to play Halo 3 online, trying to play Gear, not Gears, I mean, Call of Duty, Black Ops, I remember playing a lot of that, plus having some bit of, like, the multiplayer stuff, have some Gamer Night stuff for, on uh, Black Ops as well, but, uh, oh god, yeah, the time I got really invested in Super Street Fighter 4. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. There was a time period where I got super into playing Super Street Fighter 4. I spent over 100 hours on this game, on the 360, because, one, I love Street Fighter. That's a franchise I will still play off and on. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was just a random shit, you know, where I went through. I wanted to play as this one as one of the characters, I think it was uh, Hakan, his name was. He's like, he was like a Turkish oil wrestler. So basically, he covers himself in oil and stuff like that. And you, he can get be super quick, and his attacks can launch super quick if you go into specifics and stuff. And so I, <laughs> I would randomly go into certain online matches playing as Hakan, which not a lot of people like playing as Hakan because uh, he was either kind of a little bit slow, or people just didn't really know how to play as Hakan and stuff. But it was hilarious. Getting him into a special, getting opponents into like a special move to where basically he grabs the opponent right, and all of a sudden it's like he literally like goes forth, and you see the opponent like sliding around his like his body or something like that up and up until like he just launches them from his shoulder or something like that into the wall. <laughs> so it's it's it was just one of those times that uh, I played so much of Super Street Fighter Four. Obviously, Halo Three was a big thing. Gosh, and even like. Uh, Gears of War Ultimate, when that initially, that thing initially uh, relaunched and stuff, I played a lot of Gears of War Ultimate. Then there were times and stuff that I did, like, have a little bit of a lull period and stuff with uh, Xbox in general, only because, you know, the Xbox One generation, there really wasn't a lot to keep me really invested in, say, like, the PS4 generation, for obvious reasons, honestly, because the first party, first party content was not really there in regards to it. Maybe a couple of different things. Yeah. But uh, I will say it's like another game that I remember having a good positive times with is Tekken 6. Another fighting game. So it's like one of those things where I didn't go in 
thinking that I'd complete that game. And then I completed that game in like about a couple of weeks because I went online, played the matches, did the whole recommended stuff, going through the campaign, not the the freaking the single player aspect of it. Play a little bit with every character of it, and it's like there was one particular part I remember absolutely hating, and that was facing off against Double Gene on this moving train. And so you have this 3D fighter, right? And you have the stage where you're on a moving train. And so quintessentially, my key thing I was supposed to do is not is pretty much defeat him while on this train. And so since he is complete bullshit. I found out that there was a way that you could knock him off the damn train, and so he would go sliding on the railing and off to do a ring out. And so that's part of what I was trying to do. And I figured it out. I grabbed him to a specific portion, I launched him off the train, he went flying into the thing, and it was so satisfying. Of course, I had the random moments online and stuff where people poke fun at like uh, my character's like uh, cosmetic designs because it would... Uh, the way my character was dressed, it looked like a McDonald's worker, so they call him McDonald's <laughs> Lars. <laughs> oh, yeah, just fun shit like that. But uh, a positive moment, I would say, is like when I had a chance to be inside the party chat and stuff with uh, a couple of friends, a couple of people that I know. You know Tyler as well. I mean, like uh, from the Sarcastic Gamer days, like 8-Bit Bass, Keaton, and also Knuckles Dawson stuff before his initial like uh, passing and stuff. That was a fun that was a fun party chat because here I had these three guys that uh, very experienced in regards to like uh, gaming stuff in general, but have actually done some like podcasting pedigree stuff as well. You know, we just chilled a, chilled a bit and stuff, played some games here and there and stuff, and uh, it was just it was just funny hearing their back and forths and stuff. And yeah, it was a pretty memorable moment and stuff. But my whole entirety with like the Xbox. And the whole anniversary of it now, like 20 years later after its first release, I went from completely hating Xbox stuff when I was a kid because it's like, okay, you have PlayStation, you have Nintendo and stuff. I don't like this Microsoft Xbox yeah. stuff because at that point, you, I had seen so many either would-be companies try to come out with their own consoles and stuff and fail completely, or you just have like this one particular like other sort of like companies try their tossing their hat into it and just completely fail like hell this comes off from a generation where i saw a bunch of failures like say from atari's jaguar and stuff to the sega saturn to like the sega dreamcast is what hurt the most because i had legitimate interest in the sega dreamcast back then and uh funny enough this is what decided me to go the playstation route up until the 360 when i played some bit of the 360 it was the choice between either getting a ps1 or a sega dreamcast it's like my dad literally told me it's like i was in this walmart it's like he told me i could pick one and i looked at it it's like okay i do want to play marvel's capcom 2 on dreamcast but then again there's smackdown 2 know your role and stuff on the playstation 1 i'm like that that's the cider right there oh yeah that definitely was the decider. <laughs> 20 years ago, I looked back and I was like, yeah, you know what? Even though I love Marvel's Capcom 2, I definitely love that game. I love playing it from time to time online, the PS3. At that point, I thought it was the better choice to do SmackDown 2, Know Your Role, because that was a good game as well. That yeah, was ladder matches good. and Hell in a Cell matches. I mean, how could you beat that? But, uh, 
yeah, looking at how the Dreamcast did then, and all of a sudden it's it's like crashing because of ending the because EA ended the support pretty much for Sega and all the mismanagement Sega has done led to them pretty much getting out of the console race altogether, becoming third party developers. But that is initially what rose up with Xbox because I felt like Xbox was quite essentially at that point in time like piggybacking off of like uh, of Sega's remains and stuff like that. They got Sonic 06. They did have Sonic 06. <laughs> but uh, they did have a whole bunch of other games that later were, you know, were Dreamcast games but came on to that system. Like you had the Jet Set Radio and then like Jack Ryan Radio, I think it was actually. And then it's like the Sega GT games and this and that. So I go from hating the system to actually feeling completely okay with it. You know, it's like, Sure, it's not my number one system of choice, you know, or maybe not immediate, but I love the fact that today, like 20 years later, it's still around. There's a bunch of awesome things that Microsoft has done and stuff to improve not only the accessibility of how people can play their systems, like either on phones, on their TVs, have a whole bunch of different controller options and stuff, but yet the quality of games you can actually get through Game Pass right now, you can download them, you don't really have to worry about too much. I mean, yeah, $15 a month, but at the same time, you're spending like 50 plus on a specific game a month if you really want to be in the know in regards, like both of us generally do regardless. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my initial thing. But Tyler, the floor is to you. All right. Um, my, mine's very weird as well. We're like, so I remember like, my dad and I, we went up to like uh, a game store and we traded. Uh, this it wasn't GameStop; it was a different store. Um, and we traded in like uh, our but like all of like we had a, a PS One and like a ton of games for it. Wow! And we, we traded it in, and we think we got like a hundred bucks for it. And I think the, the PS Two had been out for like a year or so at this point. It's probably like two thousand, probably like two thousand, late two thousand two, two thousand three ish, right around there. Um, and we bought that, and we, we put we put that towards it. Well, he put that towards it, I should say, because I was like 13, 14, maybe, and probably actually younger than that, probably, yeah, probably 12, 13. And um, we bought a PS2. I remember we went right across the street was a Hollywood video. We rented uh, I rented Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, and, like, we rented a bunch of games. I remember we rented like Crazy Taxi and Metal Gear Solid 2 <laughs> and a few other games. And I remember we, had, we got hooked up, and my dad was like, yelling mad like an inch from the screen like this is like a 26 inch which is a big ass tv back then like oh, look wow. how shitty these graphics are while he's playing crazy taxi like these graphics are terrible <laughs> so we, had a, we had a ps2 but not for very long so i didn't even, like we didn't have a I remember we didn't get a memory card or anything like that because they were 20 dollars back then um which you know, obviously now that it's twenty dollars in is a lot is is a lot now. That's cheap. Uh, well, is was you know, yeah. <laughs> well, back then, now, yes, yeah. Yes. But back then, that's like you know, forty an eight um, megabyte memory card or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was expensive then. Wild to think that. Yeah. Um, so remember we yeah we traded. So we had that. We didn't have it very long. Maybe maybe not even a year. Wow. Um, I remember like, but I was same thing. I was playing like you know uh, the new SmackDown shit like that. He traded in and got a got an Xbox, and then he did, we didn't have any fucking games to play for it really, um, you know, because like my dad wasn't really into shooters back. Then. My my like my my dad and his best friend were like big into gaming, so I always remember like watching them play games. But I never really played games. Like my dad, like my dad and his, his friend, they went up day one and bought a PlayStation One, okay, and got uh, 
Uh, was it Tekken or Virtual Fighter? That was a day one game. Oh, I think it was a Tekken game, I think. I think, I think you're right. I think it was Tekken. Uh, yeah. I remember playing that and then like, um, like remember watching him play D back in the day. Oh. Uh, that was fucking terrifying. Oh, that's uh, terrible. Yeah, I remember just sitting there and I'm like behind them like late at night playing playing this game and like uh, ready to rumble boxing and shit like that. But anyways, <laughs> God, going that was, back that's to... That's a nostalgia trip. <laughs> yeah. So going back to that, like my, like, you know, my dad was never really a shooter guy, which is funny because now... <clears throat> Now plays. he's the shooter guy. Yeah, now all he plays is fucking Warzone. Uh, he, my dad plays more video games now than I do, uh, which is wild to think. Because um, <laughs> for a very long time, he was like big in the... We always had gaming consoles in the house, but mm. uh, I was never really big on it. But like one of the first games I really got into on there was uh, uh, Star Wars Battlefront. I remember oh, my yeah. Dad, my, my dad even bought me a month's worth of Xbox Live oh, so wow. I could play it. And I remember playing the crap, and we had a headset. I remember talking to a couple Shit. people on there, and they were actually like nice to me. It was very, like, and, like oh. we we're having a good time. I played a ton of that game online. I had a blast with that. That game was awesome. Um, remember we had that. We had that for pretty much probably until the the, uh, the next console came out. But I remember like I got like my parents bought me Halo, uh, and it was like like dirt cheap at a blockbuster. Um, years later, but I was like I'm like the same with you. Where like. I was like that shitty fanboy kid back in the day. Like, I, I, it's it's never makes sense to me. I was a hardcore Nintendo fanboy back in the day, but I wasn't a big Mario or Zelda fan, <laughs> or Metroid fan, or Animal Crossing fan. I just, right. but I was I was a huge Nintendo fan. But I, I had no idea why. Because when I think about it now, it's like I just really like Pokemon. That was it. <laughs> like that was what I played on there. Oh, dude, uh, that's kind of that was kind of like with me too. But it's like with uh, me, it was more or less I was. Predominantly love Nintendo stuff. I did play a little bit of Sega stuff, but it's like I mostly would play Mario and certain like other like license based games back yeah. then on the Super Nintendo. But it's like yeah. up until that point, I was like, okay, I love Nintendo stuff. I was playing a bunch of like things like on PS2 and stuff even during high school. And then it's like I didn't get exposed to like the Xbox ecosystem and stuff until like late 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like for me, it was just like I was a huge JRPG fan. So like. They had Tales of Symphonia and Skies of Arcade yep. of Legends on there. Like, that was, like, what I was going there for was, like, those, like, really awesome uh, JRPGs that were, like, they were, like, Rogue Galaxy, came to PS2, but it was, like, I, I, I leaned them, mostly Nintendo, but uh, PlayStation was, I, you know, they had Kingdom Hearts and, like I said, Rogue Galaxy and shit like that. But, like, I was, I just wasn't a big, like, um, wasn't a big fan of Xbox. I remember playing Halo, and, but it was, like, one of those things where I went into Halo, like, with, like, that negative mindset where I'm playing this game. Because everybody, all my friends loved and raved, would not shut the fuck up about Halo. And I just, I played this game out of spite, <laughs> just so I could say I played it, and tell them I hated it. And I, I mean, I really didn't really like it that much, but I, like, I just blew it up. That I, I thought it was terrible, but I, I didn't really think that. I just didn't, I, I didn't care for it. But, um, but I wasn't really a big shooter guy back then. Uh, but I, like I said, I was, when I was like, you know, I'm, I'm talking like, I was like middle school, like maybe freshman, when the, during these, not even freshman, like middle school. When this oh, came okay. out and shit. Okay. So, um, anyway, so like, but I remember like we had that. I didn't, like I said, I didn't play it too, too much, but like, like a Star Wars Battlefront and shit like that. But I remember like, uh, I got a 360 in the beginning of 2000. So it launched in 2000, late 2005. I got mm-hmm. it. Um, I picked it up with uh, NCAA Football 07, I remember. Oh, okay. And that had yeah. Reggie Bush on the cover. I picked that up. Oh, and, like, yeah. Dead Rising was coming out around that time. I remember picking it up like that. And picking up around that time, and there just wasn't a lot to play on it. And I mean, that's no. not a shot at them; that's just facts. Um, 
And uh, I remember like playing it and like uh, just I, I didn't I, don't, I didn't know like I burned I immediately burned the ring into my into my football like the third day I had it and I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, and then I so I bought a used one a used 360. It red ringed on me and then it burned Ooh. the fucking. Uh, so I had three red rings and like, so I swapped it, got an, another used one at red ring, swapped it, got another one at red ringed on me. I had three red rings on me within like two months. Uh, that sounds really gross when I say that. Um, but <laughs> sorry, uh, I had to say it cause I, I anyways, um, remember like, I, 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 so this is like, I bought it in like probably late June, July. Um, and like the Wii was coming out at this point and I'm like, I keep right. these fucking, uh, the red rings and it's like, I'm getting frustrated. It's like, there's nothing to play on it. So I traded it in and I, I traded in, I, I, uh, I remember trading it into a GameStop and it, it was a red ring one, but it worked for like an hour and then it would fuck up on you. And they played it for like 20 minutes. I was like, I was like 16. When I did this. And I traded in, um, cause I was working at a game store at this point in time and they knew what my game store I bought it from. And they told me they wouldn't swap with me anymore. Cause like you're they they're, they're claiming I was breaking them. I'm like, why would I keep, swapping them out for another one if i was breaking them i would get my money back anyways so traded all the games that i had for it uh and they had like a cleaning machine at my at my game store i worked at so like they mm. clean like the disc and stuff like that so i cleaned it enough so that the ring was gone but they still didn't really work all that much so i traded all my shit in the gamestop sorry gamestop and i i traded i put all that the console i had a I bought it from Best Buy, the console from Best Buy. I waited it in, overnight in line for, for Wii and bought um, Zelda, WarioWare Touched, uh, Red Steel, Excite Truck, uh, a bunch of shitty Wii launch games, uh, Call of Duty 3 uh, on there. And then in like about a year later, it was a, it was, or a little less than because it was the, the week that Forza Horizon 2 came out. Uh, so it was like maybe spring, summer of 2007. I bought a 360. Because uh, a guy I was working with, like he bought a 360 right before that, and he was like, "Dude, there's so many games to play now; it's so much better." And I was just like, "I was hardcore." I'm like, "No, the Wii's the best console ever! Fucking <laughs> Twilight Princess rules!" Uh, I was so stupid. I was so naive. I was I was still <laughs> 17, 18, just turned 18 when this happened. I was still in high school, so um, you know, I was still a hardcore Nintendo guy. Uh, then I got the 360, and you know, things changed from there. I remember playing that first night. Uh, I bought the hundred dollar Wi-Fi router that you had to buy right. for for the three sixty. Oh God! I bought Forza that... Horizon two. Yeah, right. Uh, and then I bought Marvel's Ultimate Alliance uh, and had a fucking blast playing online. We were playing a ton of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. My friends playing Forza Horizon. The first time I played, I never played the game until like the, like the first time I was online. I didn't understand it was like an actual like simulator game and simulating driving driving game. And I went to go around the, the curve and I didn't slow down like you're supposed to in Forza. And I fucking wrecked everybody and everybody in the party <laughs> chat immediately yelled at me. And this is my first interaction. Like this is a full party of like my buddy's friends that invited me in there. And I have the whole group pissed at me. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I remember like playing and then we played Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I remember like I was really coming for the show oh. playing The Darkness, Bioshock, Mass Effect fucking you know life-changing experiences on the 360 were like this show wouldn't be a thing if if i wouldn't have got that 360 because i wouldn't have listened to scratch gamer i wouldn't have met knuckles i wouldn't have met uh fucking gabe we none of this Mm -hmm. would be going on right now 
Uh, yeah. You know, 360 was a life-changing thing for for me and for a lot of people, you know, like playing yeah. Black Ops with my friends. And that was like, that was the best time of online gaming for me with, was with my friends. We we're all like for like a, a year and a half just playing Black Ops with. Uh, yeah. And like it wasn't just like the hardcore Black Ops or the hardcore Call of Duty friends. It was like all my friends like Justin, who doesn't even like Call of Duty games that much. And like we had even like my buddy Will, we had fucking random people just like people like jumping in playing with us all the time. I put like two plus weeks into Black Ops online. I had a blast with that game, um, and like that was like peak like experience for like every every Friday Saturday night we would have a full fucking you know party of people. You know on a bad night on a bad weekend it would be like six six of us um, playing that game online and like. Remember, like, you know, or even like doing like Halo Three with my friends in that game. I remember going to a midnight sale and buying Halo Three, and uh, um, actually, I, I worked the midnight sale and I bought my copy when I left. Uh, or like, you know, playing Modern Warfare uh, before it came out. Uh, my my when we worked at our game store, um, the games would come in like the like on like the games would come out Tuesday, um, but like the cons- the games would come in on like Wednesday Thursday before. So, what we a lot of us would do, we wouldn't steal. We would take them home, and then when they launched, we'd pay for them. So, I remember one guy was telling me he beat Halo 3 multiple times before it launched, but he unplugged his hard drive. That way, he wouldn't oh. get caught. Because if you, if you were caught playing before launch, your, your account would get, they'd brick your Xbox. They'd ban your account. I don't know if they'd actually brick your Xbox, but I remember like, that, was a, that was a big thing. Your account, your account would get banned if you weren't like, you didn't have like a review console. But I remember like, Playing Modern Warfare before it launched, um, you know, I remember like you know, like I said, talking to the coworker about Halo Three. He already, he was a huge Halo guy, and stuff playing that. I beat it back. That was my first, I remember my second Halo game I beat. But I remember playing that with my friends. But like we were playing on Legendary, and I'm a terrible gamer. So they basically just like I would die, and then they would revive me, and then carry me through, and then I'd, I'd just die 50 times a level. Um, but yeah, it's just I mean across the board, it's just. A, you know, it was the best, maybe the best console of my lifetime. I, I would say, just from like the hours of experience, I, the the fun I had, friends. It was just perfect time in my life for um, you know, with Xbox Live being a thing, Xbox Live Arcade game, games like Limbo, Braid. That was that that's game that was like life changing for me. Like playing these yes. small games like that on there. Like Summer of Arcade was always exciting. There was like that five week stretch where. Every week you're getting a fucking awesome indie game, you know, Super Meat Boy, fucking like I said, Braid, um, uh, Limbo, fucking, um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on some. There was Hy- uh, Hydro Thunder came back on these fucking things. Yes, it that's was true. Incredible, like every you know, you're just getting uh, Monday. Uh, was it Monday Night Combat or something like that? It was a, yeah, there was Monday of, Night Combat. That was one yeah. of those games and stuff that popped up yeah. right there. Man, that just whole uh, summer of twenty, like yeah, this whole summer. I think it was like what two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or someone that that yeah. arcade stuff. That's when the indie boom on consoles started officially. With yeah, Castle Crashers. Yeah. That was that Castle was Castle like Crashers. The first there one. you go. That game was awesome. Yeah, yep. I mean, just an incredible console, man. Like they they killed it on first party. Like Gears, like we were talking about for this podcast. Like I, I liked Gears one and two, but I love Gears three. Was like I love this franchise. That was like the game that was changing for me on that but it's yeah man just an incredible console um you know and just 
you know, like I said, going moving on to like Xbox One, kind of, you know, going along. Sorry, uh, but like you know, Xbox One, like right, I picked I picked it up like uh, uh, they had like I picked up my tax return. They had like a bundle where you got like uh, Rise of Tomb Raider and something else. I think it was might have been Gears of War. I think it was Gears of War Ultimate Edition and Rise of the Tomb Raider, which I want to play Rise of Tomb Raider because they had the one year exclusivity deal. Right, playing right. that on there, loving that game. Uh, fucking Quantum Break, a highly unrated game from uh, first party game from last generation. Um, what was the God? The people that made Limbo what was that game? Oh, Inside. Inside yes, was on Inside. there. Yes, it was fantastic. Uh, and then obviously we have Game Pass, the best deal in gaming. Um, coming alive on there and just playing games. Uh, even the last couple of years on there, like After Party and shit like that. Like really cool, fun indie games on there that I wouldn't have played otherwise. Uh, that came. Oh with shit! That yeah. So, yeah, now we got the Xbox Series S, and they're like we we're raving about that thing. I probably played. If you take, a, if you don't count Madden for game time this year, I probably played my Xbox more than my PlayStation this year. You know what? Scratch that. I have easily played my Xbox more uh, than my my PlayStation Five. Um, if you don't count Madden, so I mean, it's that's been something an incredible to say. year for gaming. Exactly, exactly. You know, that's that's definitely like proves a point and stuff like that where. With as long as like the Xbox has been around in terms of a brand, in terms of like their consoles and stuff like that, I mean, you can honestly say like you have played so much to an extent where you've literally like <laughs> grew up with the system to its yeah. point to where it is today. It's like I feel the same way. Obviously, I remember the little idiosyncrasies of the system. Still, I mean, the whole Wi-Fi adapter that you touched upon that uh, was like a $100 adapter that you had yeah. to plug into the back of your system to get wireless. Gamers will not have that problem in this generation <laughs> at no. all because it's built into the console. But back then, around 2010, 2011, Microsoft decided that they wanted to go forth and not have it built into their systems for their 360. But instead, you had to have a Wi-Fi adapter plug it to the back of your system. It actually had little grooves where you can plug it in. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't, for the longest of time, play online yeah. with the 360, unless I was plugged in LAN, because yeah. that... My parents would get pissed off because I'd have a literal 10-foot LAN cable going from my room all the way up to their computer, plug it into the back of their things. My mom would look at me with a big old disgust. It's like, oh no, not again. Again, I'm like, I yeah, I totally forgot. Like playing Battle Star Wars Battlefront, the original Xbox. Like, I I, I play like the only time I could really play it was like late at night because in case you got a phone call because you couldn't talk on the phone. You like you couldn't get phone calls. You had to unplug your phone to play uh, to the hook up to the internet back then, unless you were like rich and you could afford an extra landline. Dude, so. I remember. Now that I think about it through that experience i remember the first time i played halo 2 online and we had just got some papa murphy's pizza right mm -hmm. and i stupidly went to the kitchen this is me as like 18 19 year old like a young adult at this point i took a slice right and i totally remember this now it was not cooked. I ate a fucking raw piece of oh, pizza God. without me even realizing, wow, this is kind of chewy. Like, I had, and my mom's like, hey, why did you do that? Like, I don't know. The oven's preheating. What are you doing? <laughs> it's one of those type of idiosyncrasy type of moments and stuff because it's like, that is a moment I will associate with the Xbox in general, Xbox 360 
the gamer nights, the yeah. random funny shit or something like that, the random party chats and stuff like that on uh, Xbox Live and like the party things for Halo Three, where I literally. I literally, there was this one chat or something like that where a bunch of my friends and I were like playing some Halo 3 and all of a sudden it's like, some dude was talking smack and stuff and I just go through with my, uh, one of my impressions and stuff of like one of the family guy characters or something like that. It's like, hey, you want some, you want some uh, popsicles down your basement? Popsicles <laughs> just... in the basement for you? That's a really good impression by my game. <laughs> really oh my God. I just I chime in and it's like, in my pocket. I come give me some good news. And it's like the whole party chat erupted in laughter after I did that, dude. It's It was just one of those Xbox Live moments to where it's like, we're all tired of shit. We just played a couple different like rounds of Slayer or Team Slayer or this shit. And all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> well, this made us not amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the gamer nights are some of the most fun. Like That's like, you know, like how this podcast started was... Uh, I remember Jake and I playing uh, fucking uh, Borderlands on a talk ship gamer night years ago. That's true. You, I think that, you told me about that too. Yeah, and like that's and like it turned us have that's and then it turned us having to, and literally what started this podcast was us playing. We did a gamer gamer night and we were joking around having a good time. You know, like oh, I like this guy. And then like it turned to us like the talking ship forums had like a uh, a like a tier like a leaderboard. For yep. a gamer score, and you were able to tie your Xbox account to the talking ship forums. That's true. And uh, there was one guy, another Justin, not our Justin, different Justin, that we're still friends with. He's still part of the group. He was oh, far right. away number one. Oh, uh, no for shit. Gamer score. But Jake and I were going back and forth for number two, and we would constantly like jumping each other. And that's how the friendship started, and that's how it turned into us fucking starting Druckner's podcast. Because the gamer score. And that's how we would piss off Jake too. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, a whole myriad of shit that we piss him off of, but yeah, still, uh, oh god, I yeah. remember the. I honestly now you now that you say mention it and stuff, it was through one of those party, one of those gamer nights for sarcastic gamer that you, myself, and Jake. That's how we all met. That's how we went on Black Ops. Is when we started mm-hmm. playing. That one of those gamer nights and stuff like that, and I remember that's where I met Cam for the first time and stuff like that, like Cam Dog and stuff like that. We called him Cum Puppy back then because he was under eighteen. The <laughs> <laughs> real thing, by the way. Oh God! Then like one of the times and stuff where like uh, I had just listened to an episode, like fresh off of like uh, the whole Dink Dink episode and stuff, and I like I went through and I like. Oh hey, I shot him in the dink dink, and all of a sudden, just fucking like a doc just started busting out laughing, and oh, Dave's man. like, yeah. "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember, I remember making Dave, formerly for one of the co-founders of uh, Sarcastic Gamer, yeah. really mad because we were playing. I was incredibly drunk playing Borderlands too. We were all very drunk, but I was very drunk. Oh god! And for some reason, they had me drive, and I. <laughs> <laughs> I drove us right into a fucking right into the fucking volcano and killed us all immediately <laughs> because Jitterbug, uh, the founder, oh, of, one of the co-founders of Talking Ship, and he was a podcaster there. He he dare he bet me that I couldn't drive backwards, <laughs> and I immediately drove backwards into the volcano. And he was so mad at me about because. Because if you died, you lost half your money. He was so fucking oh, pissed. No. 
Ah, that's remember, amazing. Like, it's funny you mentioned Doc, who was the the founder of Extra Life. Yeah, I remember like um, when probably I think the last time I ever uh, ever talked to him and uh, played games with him was it was the the weekend that Grand Theft Auto Five Online came out on 360. Oh, that's right. That's and I remember <laughs> we were it was like three in the morning. He was still online playing with us. There was only a handful of us, and we decided to go golfing, and um, I okay. decided to. So we went and played. We we're gonna do a round. We we're gonna do a whole eighteen. This is what we we're gonna do. And before we can go in, you can like dress your character and like however you want. Like they all dress them up like in like proper like golf, uh, golfing attire. And I dressed my guy up, and all he was wearing was his underwear. <laughs> all of it. Like when I when like I was like trying like I was like doing that. Th- you know when something funny is about to happen, but you're trying not to laugh. And you're just like, mm, yeah, I'm good. I'm totally not gonna laugh. And that was me. And as it like it did like a slow zoom over to me, like from the golf ball to my, to me, it's just me in my <laughs> underwear and everybody <laughs> fucking dying. God, man, three hundred and sixty, man, what a con- what, oh. what a time in life and what a con- goddamn console, oh, man. Jesus it, Christ, golf clap, dude. golf clap to the fucking three hundred and sixty, golf clap, golf clap. Oh shit. Oh man, I didn't even wake my dog up on that one. That was a very good golf clap. Oh. Yeah. So God. many good moments. Yeah, so many. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the, uh, peak time off. Did not expect to spend f- almost uh, 35 minutes talking about Xbox, but. No, oh, but that man. was awesome. It, it was, yeah, it was awesome. I, uh, uh, <laughs> it's just like once I started talking about it, all these memories just started flooding in as I was talking about it. Same. So, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, but a couple of little quick hitters here to talk about Gables. Uh, you put this in here. I want you to tell me about this one. So, all right. Uh, PlayStation Home is back. By the fans. All right. So I initially went through and put in this article because there has been something interesting a brew in regards to the whole PlayStation community in regards to the homebrew scene. So there is a dedicated group that's going through and trying to resurrect some of the online servers for specific PS3 games. Like we're talking about games like MotorStorm, like. Warhawk and stuff like that with that potential stuff. What about Mag? I don't know about Mag, but I would. <laughs> Dude, that would be fucking metal. hilarious. Dude. Skyhawk. Which... I wouldn't doubt that. God, but uh, Warhawk's not so. Apparently, tr- there is a dedicated group that's going through and orchestrating, trying to resurrect some of these games that used to play online for the PS3 by have their dedicated servers, have this and that and stuff. It's a definitely a fan passion project. And it's actually eventually led to this current article that I was reading this past week where apparently people are trying to resurrect PlayStation Home on the PS3. Now for those that have no idea what PlayStation Home is, which I don't blame you because not a lot of people that invested even back then in the PS3 where it had some interest in PS Home. It's quintessentially it's quintessentially how you would uh, akin right now to say like a VR chat or like a Second Life in that regard. So Second Life was a quote-unquote life simulator that initially released early, like around the 2000s or something like that, I want to say. It's, it's fairly old at this point and there have been like a lot of stuff that has been eventually like said about that particular game itself. But uh, PlayStation Home was pretty much a get-together with a bunch of uh, random 
owners of the PS3 and stuff. So you have all these people that would crowd into like these specific hubs and stuff to where you could do things like, say, you could play a game of bowling or you could just hang around in a room and just chat, you know, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. So it's like the VR chat before VR chat, when essentially only not as remotely hilarious and definitely not as remotely, uh, <laughs> well, it was actually more like a tame in that regards and stuff like that. But, uh, it was kind of hilarious in regards to some of the content that would come out of PS Home. I mean, you could pay for, like, try to play specific type of games on that thing, which, it was totally a gimmick, but th there were times where you'd have games that have, like, themes or specific courses or specific costumes that you can dress up your your PlayStation Home character in or their base. I literally... My avatar was dressed as Cole McGrath, and I was inside the freaking Batcave of, like, because I love Infamous, and I love, like, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum and stuff, and so I had the fucking Batcave, because so that was a, that was a DLC, con like, uh, DLC content that came with the disc. I just, so, just want to know if I can wear my Subway Cup Uncharted 3 uh, tie-in uh, mascot out uniform. Honestly, if it's... That's a good possibility that you could. <laughs> that I'm in. And I want to. I want to be able. To, I want to have to still wait in virtual lines to play bowling. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a thing, and that was one of the one of the freaking faults of that PS Home, where you had to actually wait in lines digitally in order to fucking get to these games, which is so stupid when you think about it. Because here you are, you're on a digital thing away from reality, and you have to wait in a line in order to get some of your turn. <laughs> but uh, I remember mostly about PlayStation Home was there were E3, like Electronic Entertainment Expo, like conferences, like the PS3, like the PlayStation conferences in general. Like, say you'd have, you actually were able to watch them live. So, for some, for some of the conferences you were able to watch live through PlayStation Home. So, let's put into perspective here. You know where you have things like, say, Fortnite and stuff to where you get to watch certain artists and stuff perform live or do this and do that type of shit and stuff? Well, on Sony's PlayStation 3 through home, you could actually watch their like their game conferences and stuff through their service. I did that once, and I didn't ever do that again because it was the most boring shit imaginable. So basically, you'd have to wait inside these little cosaics and stuff like that because people... We'll gather around these little kazakhs and stuff to watch certain game trailers or something like that. I think I watched one for, like, Uncharted 3, and I watched, like, one for, like, fucking... I think it was either... Oh, God. It was a specific type of MotorStorm game, but I don't remember which. It's been that long. After But... Well, maybe? Maybe? I think it's the one that got delayed and stuff because of the earthquake in Japan. Didn't that one just never come out? That's a possibility too. I don't I remember because it. it was there was a tsunami in Japan and it was yes. the week before it was supposed to come out, and they just delayed it. And I think that one just never that was came Pacific out. Rift. I think Pacific Rift. Yeah, that, I mean that understandably they did not release it because it's a it's a game based about being on the, being near the Pacific Ocean, and the week before the game was coming out, uh, Japan got hit with a terrible tsunami. Yep, destroyed that destroyed the country. I was like, Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be really insensitive for us to release this game about tsunamis the week after we just got our asses whooped by a tsunami. Yeah, I think back then they delayed it like about a couple months. Now I think about yeah, it. I, I, I thought that one just never came out. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm mixing up racing games from that. I remember there's a racing game that was, I was supposed to come out and just never came out. Maybe I'm mm. mixing it up. Go ahead, though. I'm sorry. 
Okay, so for... So basically the whole purpose of this article in general is like, okay, you have this dedicated group that wants to bring back PlayStation Home. And it's interesting because we've been hearing rumblings, especially like on... Uh, through other news sources, like through other like rumor mills and stuff like that, nothing really concrete, but there have been rumors going around this year in regards to Sony potentially wanting to resurrect PlayStation Home. You have dedicated fans that want to bring this service back, even though I don't know how PlayStation Home would work in this this like I, uh, state as it is with all the <clears throat> PlayStation stuff being shut down quintessentially for PS3. I think it would work now better than ever when you look at like. VR, and then also, if you just look at like what Fortnite's done, yeah, with like their like their events they've done, or like concerts they've done, I think VR is definitely pushed that Fortnite. Fortnite, those two key things that really push that, you know, where there's just like, events, and there's like make them make have these big huge events in there uh, that everybody can be everybody can enjoy instead of just like, hey, watch some trailers for PS3 games like. I, I, it's more. I'd say it's probably more viable now than it was then. Um, right. It, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I honestly could see something like that potentially happening. You know, and, and potentially working, say on the PS5 or whatsoever, to where it's like if they do release their subsequent sequel for say PlayStation VR and stuff like that. That uh, could you just imagine like having a VR chat style of game like on the PlayStation Five with. People oh no! I won't. I will shit. not be a part of this. I will not be. A part of this. I want nothing to do with this. I just for people that want this. I. I hope this happens. Uh, I'm good. Uh, I will pass. Oh what? No random you being inside a lobby or something with like just a bunch of Ugandan knuckles just surrounding you. No, no the one guy that dresses up like a girl and he's like surrounded by everybody thinks it's an actual girl, so they surround him. Which is a real thing that happened in PlayStation Home. You'd hear oh, about like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. God. That that actually did happen. Very pathetic, quite a bit, actually. Disgusting. Yeah, it was very sad. It's very sad, <laughs> pathetic, and disgusting that this was the thing that happened. Like, wow, really great way to make us look like really prove that we are douchebags. Well, that's just the thing, you know. It's like if you really wanted attention or something from people or something like that, especially for places like PlayStation Home, you created a female avatar, and that's what ended up happening. You get showered in attention because you know a bunch of horny preteens or a bunch of horny like uh, forty-five like creepy old men or something, just you know, going on to any type of like gaming thing and stuff, and trying to do this and that. You know, it's yeah, it, it came with the territory, really. I mean, you would yeah. see stuff like that. You'd see, like, random people, just random female avatars being chased after by guys and stuff like that. It, Look it at my Uncharted weird. 3 Subway Cup. <laughs> Love me. Oh, God. I think the one time I remember a PlayStation Home the most is, like, I had a group of uh, friends I had met, like, through a message board and stuff like that. We were just chilling for, like, a solid 20 minutes and stuff like that. And we were just doing nothing but, like, fucking dancing and stuff. Because they had options where you could do, like, dancing and stuff. There's, like, weird-ass, like, dances and stuff. We just took a couple pictures of that, and that was it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, like, kind of tame. And quite honestly, I kind of felt like at the time, PlayStation Home, really much, it's core, it went through its course in that regards. And quite honestly, it's like, I am happy to see that people want to go forth and resurrect it. But at the same time, it's like... I could definitely go onto other types of platforms and stuff to get something similar, but better. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, that was that was definitely a place of time, and I don't. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but one more little quick hitter here is uh, I don't know what what to say about this one. Uh, Amazon is making a Mass Effect show apparently. I don't think oh. it's a done deal, but it sounds like it's about as close to it being a done deal without having signatures. Um, it's been talked about forever. I know people want there's been, mm. people want to make Mass Effect movies. You know, you know, like we're finally getting that Halo TV show next year that's been going on. Like Steven Spielberg was going to make like 18 years ago. Yeah. Um, that's finally happening. I think it's like Paramount Plus. So now we have Amazon doing this. I don't know. I, I think it'd be really cool if they did like. The cool thing is about like shows like this is like you can really do a show about anything and make it your own. Uh, you know, cover a whole different section that isn't part of the games. You don't have to do Commander Shepard. Uh, but I think it's just going to be Commander Shepard in the story. Maybe they could do a better ending to Commander Shepard's story. I don't know. It's not. A, it's a pretty low bar. What about you, Gables? Honestly, I I don't really mind if like they're making like a TV series about it. Just make it good. Make it like how. Make it how. Make it as good a quality as say like say how The Witcher is for Netflix. I mean, yeah. when essentially people loved that Netflix series because of how. Faithful, it remained to its source material on top of, like, having great acting, great actors, and great plot points in that regards. I know I've never yeah. personally watched The Witcher stuff, but at the same time, I've heard a it's bunch fine. of praise. I've heard a bunch yeah. of, like, good stuff in regards to it. When it comes to Mass Effect, I do love the Mass Effect games. I most recently platinumed the first two games on PS4. <laughs> the PS4 versions on PS5 still want to go through... Mass Effect 3 at some point, maybe next year. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, it's like the story is ripe for a bunch of exploration and there's a bunch of fun lore and things they can go into in terms of the alien races and this and that and stuff. My hope of it is like, make it interesting. Don't insert a lot of stupid agenda shit just for the sake of stupid agenda shit. Just go forth and just remain to the source material. Have some fun with it, you know, and stuff. And it I want it to be fun and enjoyable, you know, make me want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I understand if you do Commander Shepard, cause that's probably the one that draw the most eyeballs, make it the most interesting. Right. right. Um, I know, it's just more like, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess Witcher's done it, but it's also based on books that that's all different. Yeah. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. Like it's proof that we can actually have, I mean, Witcher's more is, is popular because of it's the video games, not the books though. That's true. Um, so, I mean, it could be done, but I was just like, I think about like that Resident Evil movie where it's like for years, everybody's like, and even myself was like, just base it off the fucking video games. And they did it. And it's awful. I haven't watched yeah. it yet, but everybody said it's awful. Uh, and it looked awful. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's Resident Evil is Mass Effect. I, I just, there's so much cool shit you can do in Mass Effect that Absolutely. I, I think it's just more so there's something like, there's so much lore to that franchise and that series, and it's literally it takes it's a whole galaxy that there's so many things you can do. Like there's so much shit that you can you can do that you don't have to do Commander Shepard. I get no. why you would do it, uh, but there's just yeah, like I said, there's so many other avenues you could jump in. Like you could talk about the the original like the the first contact war uh, wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with um, the not to get uh, with the yeah the Rachni and the, the Rachni and like the Chonga the people of Chonga the Krogan that's what I was the saying. Krogan but I was like the, I'm talking about like the 
What was Garrus? What was his species? I totally just all blank on that one. Oh, Valkyrian? Not Valkyrian. Turian? Turian. A Turian, yes. When the Turians and the humans, like, first, when they first, when the humans first met the aliens and the Turians and the humans went to war, shit like that. There's so many things you can do that I'd almost, like, I'd love them to expand upon that. Honestly, like that shit, I, I think it's more as like the hardcore, more of the hardcore nerd where you're just like, there's so many other cool things I like to know about that. I like, I already know this story. I want to know, I want to see like this shit. Yeah. I want to see more of that stuff. So, but uh, I don't know. We'll wait and see. Obviously it's, it's not even done yet. So what we'll the, obviously wait a little bit to see what's going on with that, but let's move on to what we've been playing Gables. Do you want All to right. go first? Or do you want me to go? Why don't we have you go first this one? Okay. So I have been playing a uh, couple of games here. I'm going to save the Pokemon talk um, with you. All right. So I'll just talk about um, the other couple of games. Well, if I play more Halo, I played a ton of that on Thanksgiving. I played like mm. four hours on it. Oh, wow. I really like this game. It's so like, it's the hmm. most I like even playing by myself. Like the most I've been like, I think I put like seven hours into it. But I'm just like, you know, uh, playing it. Uh, I'm having a blast with that fucking game. I just hate the goddamn the the fucking uh, progression is just awful. Um, I thought last too. week I was on level two Gables. Uh-huh. I, I I was on level one because you start at level zero. Uh, I am I I've yeah oh. so which is whatever. But like I, I've played twenty five games or so give or take, uh, and I literally literally just hit level two. I'm not even talking like oh I'm halfway through. No, I'm at the beginning of level two. Um, and there's a hundred fucking levels. At that point, you know, if you played twenty five games, as if you would be possibly like at level five in like other games. <laughs> no, you'd be like level like thirteen, fourteen at the, in this like in other games, especially because right, like right. I'm in like so I've been enjoying playing like rank mode, like ranked uh-huh. uh, because after you play ten games, it puts you in like different classes based okay. on how you're doing, which is great because I'm terrible at this game, so I can play with other people who are terrible at this game, and I'm hey. actually okay at this game now. Uh, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, and like I'm doing, I'm like I'm having like the games of my life in this fucking mode, uh, like playing this. Like I am in like usually top two every single time. I can't. I'm, I'm not looking forward to the day where I get bumped up. I'm literally the bottom of the the, the, the four classes. I think I think there's four, but I'm at the bottom. Uh, but I'm like top two every single time. I'm not looking forward to when I get bumped to number three because hopefully they can quickly put me back down the four. Uh, but um, like I, I'm like I'm not kidding. Like I'm like and I'm even Slayer, which is just kill 50 enemies kicking ass i'm talking nice. like 15 and 5 oddball i'm playing oddball i'm whooping ass fucking they'll capture the like the capture one where you got the capture all the different points doing really great in uh i, I mean i'm doing great and mm. really upsetting when it's like you know like oh, you, you had 2700 points you you captured fucking 19 different posts you you 18 and 7 KD, uh, KD's uh, kills the deaths. Here's 50 experience points for playing a goddamn game. Motherfucker. And then, like, the like really? This is all, like, that's all I get. I, I could have went 0-19 and did nothing and got 50 experience points. And then, like, uh, like you don't even get points for winning. You don't even get points for get, unlocking, uh, like, this, like, kill five enemies uh, with melee attacks or kill five enemies without dying or take over so many command posts. Shit like right. that. Like you, there's like those, like, like, I don't know what they're called, but like rewards you get at the end for doing certain things. Then you get extra points for that. 
Um, the challenges are totally based off of, um, and that's part of the front. Like you got like some of them are, like skill, like kill five enemies with this weapon. It's like I don't want to play the game with that weapon. I want to play the game I'm enjoying, it, but I also want to get experience. Yeah. Or be like play, um, win three of uh, win three quick play games of Slayer. And it's like the problem is is there's no way to like if you're playing by yourself, you can't just select a game type to play and then search for a game. You got to do quick play. Mm. So you got to hope for the quick play gods to give you the game mode that you need to play to unlock that challenge. And then you got to not only wow. be lucky enough to get get that game, that game mode, you have to win the goddamn game, which 50-50 Gables, 50-50 that's happening at best for me. <laughs> um, so it's like there, the odds are not so much in my favor on this one because, uh, you know, I, I play games like I need to I need to win three game three quick play games of Slayer or whatever. And it's like, well, I just played four games in a row and I got fucking capture the flag every single goddamn time. Or I got oddball, oddball, capture the flag. And it's like, I got, wow, I got Slayer. And then it's like, God damn it. So, and then you see that a lot where people like a game will boot up and they immediately leave because they probably didn't get the game they wanted. So it's like, well, fuck me, man. It's like, well, that's a problem because if you yeah. can't select the one mode that you want to go for to get those accomplishments and stuff like fulfilled and stuff, then it's, of course, you're going to have people dropping games at that point because you're just giving them a, just a random slog and stuff to where they want to get, like, maybe a specific mode, but they can't because they've been inside Capture the Flag, like, ten matches in a row. Or yeah. Oddball three matches in a row where they just want to play a Slayer game or something like yeah. that, too. Yeah. Yeah, or even if you don't want to play the challenge, you just want to play Slayer. Uh, unless you start up a custom. I, I did try to start up a custom game, and then I just nobody joined my Hawking game. I'm like, what no. the fuck? So I'm like, all right. I literally just played. I I played like two or three minutes, and I, it was just me by myself. I'm like, well, fuck. Um, so yeah, that's uh, playing that. Like I said, it's a great game. It's just it. They need to fix that soon. Um, and the other thing I'm playing, I talked about at the top of the show, Deathloop. Yeah. Uh, before we started podcasting, I probably spent. 12 of the last 24 hours playing Deathloop Gables. Wow, I th- really? I can understand. I, we spent a lot of time talking about it for Game of Like We were joking around, but like, it was like in every goddamn category for Game of the Year this yeah. year. And I was like, well, I'm like, and you know, then we talk about that, and then like it was a, a dirt cheap for, it was 25 bucks or 30 bucks for me. Um, like, all right, I, I got to check it out. And it's like, I was always interested in it. It was just the time loop stuff. I'm not a big rogue uh, light guy or time loop guys never really my thing i did enjoy majora's mask on 3ds but like that's in the hades i liked for different reasons like but i liked it because there was like a storyline to it and it wasn't just a thing that you were doing um so i was like i was worried about getting like overwhelmed by that um right so playing this i uh, play as cole colt colt uh yeah it's cold and he uh he wakes up and like on a beach and he's like, he has no memory of what's going on. And, um, <laughs> to verbatim, to paraphrase, like, fuck, what is my name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he, he literally wakes up. He has no idea who he is, what his name is, why, where he's at, what he's doing. And as you progress, you find out. All right. So he's Colt. Uh, he's on, he's on this base of this Island that's living in a time loop and he's being chased by this woman, Juliana, uh, who they, they know each other. Um, and basically she will come in your game and will try to kill you, but you can kill her. Um, there's a lot of things to say. Like there's a lot of, there is some overwhelming aspects to it at first to me. Uh, but, 
over time, like it's gotten a lot easier. And this game does a really good job of like handholding on the aspect of like showing you what you need to do, like not show, telling you what you need to do, like when you can do it, what, uh, what you need to do, all this. Like it's not as like typically when you play these kind of games, it's like like you lose everything. Um, you know, you, you, it's just like you got to figure shit out as you go. This one does a little job. Like here's all the objectives you got to do. You got to figure out how to do it once you're there. But here's where you need to go when you got to go there. So like the way it works out, there's four different areas to go to, but there's four different times of days. So there's more, uh, there's morning, noon, afternoon, and evening. Um, and every time you go into an area and you leave that area, mm-hmm. um, that the, when you go to the next area, it'll, so you go to an area, you pick one of the four areas, say you go there in the morning, you go, you, you, you come in and out of a tunnel. Once you go back to the tunnel, you go back to the next area. Now it's, now it's noon. So the cool thing is, is that you have three lives per area. All right. Awesome. So when you like in the same loop, you can, you can die more than three times. So like you can, you can die twice in that area. Once you go back to the tunnel, you're still in the loop. You can, uh, anything you picked up in there, you can use this thing called Residum. I believe that's how you say it. But it's like, basically, it's the currency of the game where you can use that to, uh, like, put more money towards, like, trinkets, which are, like, what you need to, like, increase, like, personal skills. Like, right. uh, I have set up, like, one of the ones I have is, like, I regenerate, regenerate health. Or another one is, like, I can use my uh, hacking thing that, like, I can actually hack mines and turn it and use it on other people. Um, or I can hack things faster or uh, regenerate more health, things like that. Uh, then there's like trinkets that you can put towards weapons, um, which like reload faster or hold more ammo or things, just more shit like that. Um, and then like you can you this resident you have, you can actually use to like uh, basically infuse it, which saves that. So you have those every every run after that. So you get a really badass weapon or a really great trinket. You want to keep it. You can infuse it. You only get they're kind of kind of rare to get. So you got to pick your poison, pick your uh, pick which ones you want to use, and then um, it also that's what helps when you do like one full run, and like you don't skip times because uh, you're building up more residue and finding better better uh, things you can use and better right. trinkets like that. So a lot of things going on. Like that was a little overwhelming at first. Still kind of is because I don't know if I'm doing the right thing on some of these sometimes. But sometimes I get like a little too. I hold on to my money a little too much. And then I'm like, well, fuck. Like, I, I should have just... Because the rest of them, you lose it at the end of the loop. Um, and like I said, if you die three times in a section, you die, you start over. And the only time you can save anything that you found is when you get back to the tunnel. And then you can oh. use the resident to buy it. Um, it's very... There's a lot of very confusing aspects. It's hard. I was like trying to ex- think about, how am I going to explain this? Because I don't really know how to explain any of this. But um, I'll say, like, it's, it's very tough to explain without sounding overwhelming. But like, like I said, there was a stretch in there where I'm like, once it opened up and it showed all the different like paths to go, I'm like, Oh no, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Cause like, I, I just don't like doing the same thing over and over again. But like, it feels more like Majora's mask when like way where like there's four different areas, there's four different times. And every time you go, but there's really like 16 different things because every time you go to this area, you might get the morning, the afternoon, the noon, the, the morning, noon, afternoon, and night. The right. areas are totally different each time. Certain things only happen in this time's time frame. So if you missed oh, it, you got to okay. do a loop over again. Or like you go to this area at night, there's way more fucking people out there trying to kill you. And some of the interesting stuff here is like, so everybody in this 
in this loop, uh, except for the people that are trying to kill you, uh, don't know they're in a loop. Like, so there's like a lot of main people. There's a lot of people in here that just, like, there's eight visionaries, as they're called. And basically, the key is like, there's a big party going on at night. And you got to get away. You got to figure out a way to get all of their, all of them to that party at night. So you're doing these loops over and over again. But like, you, you, like you're going here. Okay, well, you find out. And they do, they do a good job of like, you're not wasting too much time of like figuring the shit out. But like, you, uh, you go here in the morning, you talk, like you, like you find, like you read diaries or you read things or you listen to fucking audio tapes or you read emails, shit like that. Or you like, you listen to conversations or things like that. And you find out, okay, well, they're not going to go to this party because of this. So now I got to do this thing to cause them. So like, well, now they're getting, now they have to get, now they're going to go to the party because I fucked this up for them. Oh. Um, or like you want, basically you got to kill all eight of them in one loop. Um, and so the, the key is you have to get all eight of them to this party so you can kill all of them in the same time frame. Hmm. Um, cause you can't, you, cause if you like when the re, when the loop resets, everything, you know, once the loops over, or you die three times in an area, starts the whole thing over again. So, but the cool thing is, like, as you learn this shit, like, so Colt, uh, he remembers he remembers everything. So if you find codes, or for safes or doors or whatever, he remembers it. You don't have to remember it; he does it for you. Oh, good. Um, uh, you you do things in runs. It will it will like you don't have to do them all in one run. So like, I had to fuck up this guy's uh, science project. Uh, that was his excuse for not going minor spoilers for this one. Uh, like there's something he was like project he was working on. I sabotaged it. So now he's like, well, like I was, he was skipping the party because of this. So now he's gonna go to the party because he doesn't have a project to work on. So now he's going to be there. Shit like that. So like, and even though like I did that in one of my early runs, it stays every single time. Oh, so it's like not everything resets. Um, okay. So that specific thing will actually remain while like, uh, like yeah. a specific key points that you've already triggered, you don't have to repeat, and so that automatically is like that, so that way you can focus on the next person that do yes. their things. And that that was my concern was like I don't want to have to like do I do this all in one go like that just sounds like super stressful and like it was giving me anxiety just thinking about that. Um, sounds like a so speed that was, run. Yeah, like but like you have like a perfect speed run where you got to do everything in a certain time frame and you can't die because then it starts all over again. Um, but uh, yeah, so you have a lot of that going on like. Um, except like learning more about the trinkets and the weapons is really great. Uh, learning more about the story. And you got like, so sometimes like, uh, you can, you can kill these visionaries multiple times and they will give, they drop like really good, like trinkets, uh, some of the best weapons in the game they own. And they have these things called slabs, which are kind of like the dishonored special abilities. Like you have shift where you can teleport. You have another right. one where like you can actually like, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but like you can, Basically, like you do some, and like it shows, like you throw this thing at these enemies, they can't see it or anything like that. But like it shows, like this, like this tree that, like, like this branch, that, like string that connects them. And if, mm. but if, like, whatever damage you do to that guy, it does to him too. So if oh, you go up okay. and melee kill him, it'll kill him too. But you can eventually, like, you get upgrade, you can upgrade it enough till you can do it to a whole, there might be 10 of them standing in one spot. You give all of them, you, you tie them all together on the, sh- like the string, essentially. You kill one, kills all of them, boom, like that. Um, and some of the ways you, you can you unlock upgrades is by you have to, like, kill them multiple times. Um, which is something I don't necessarily love. So, like, one of the guys, I like I think each one has three or four different upgrades. So, you have to go kill them once, take the slab. Then you got to get back, you got to run back. To the, you can't die all the way back to the tunnel. Uh, you get back to the tunnel, then you can save it. 
that's a big thing. You can't, if you die or you don't save it, you don't infuse it, spend residue to save it, then you lose it. Which just happened to me a couple times. That fucking sucks. Uh, so, like, uh, I maxed out the shift upgrades. I got all the upgrades for that one. Um, but the only way, like, to really get to, to get the upgrades is by uh, either killing them again multiple times. Uh, meaning, but you find different paths to get there. And, like, you, when, once you, like, like, one of the guys, like, you kill, I had the shift ability. And I found right. quick and easy ways to get to him because he's, like, at the top of a tower instead of, like, Fighting through this whole fucking tower, I found a quick way to get there, kill him really fast. Did that multiple times, upgraded that really super fast. Didn't like the first two, three times I did it, took a little, took like 20 minutes. After that, it took me like five uh, to do the mm. last couple. Um, it's all, it's all, there's so many different paths, like just like Dishonored, there's so many different paths how to get there. And you can like, you learn like, oh, I could have went through this fucking window, snuck all the way around uh, doing this, or like fucking crawl all the way up here through a hole. Or go underground. Like there's so many different paths to get to these areas, um, but yeah, I'm having like this. I, I really like Colt and Juliana. Like Juliana's like she will jump into your game, and the problem, like what sucks, is like when she jumps in her game, she can. Um, she's tough to kill. Uh, she's probably the hardest enemy you're gonna fight in the game. And okay. but the cool thing is, if you kill her, she drops really great trinkets, a really good random weapon, and Ooh. then also she will drop either a random slab or a upgrade for a slab. Oh, so that's so I've killed her a handful of times, and like I was on a mission, and I'm like, well, she gave me a really good slab, and I don't really want like I don't want to risk losing this or this upgrade. I'm just gonna end this run, and I'm just gonna run back and fucking go back to the exit, start over, like save that so that way because I don't want to die and lose it, and then start a new run. And I'll just do it over. Oh, again. I see, I see. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, there's a lot, there's a lot of systems and a lot of things you gotta learn that very overwhelming at first but like once you like kind of learn it like the first like three four hours on a blast and there's like a section in the middle there where i'm like i don't like i'm liking this game but like i just i feel like i'm like am i doing this right like i don't know if i'm good at this game if i'm doing it right but now like i'm playing a few more hours like i probably played like nine ten hours um all said when all said and done uh but uh yeah i'm having a fucking blast with this game like i want to keep playing it for sure i'm definitely gonna keep playing it but i don't know if it's probably still not going to be my game of the year at this point, but I totally, totally, totally understand now why it is high on a lot of people, pretty much gamers and um, the the media and journalists. Uh, it's high on their list as well. Um, so if this wins game of the year, like I think last week when we were recording and talking about it, like we hadn't played it yet. And I'm just like, I think this is going to be the one. I'm like, now I get it. Now I, I, I'm getting it and I want to keep playing it, but it's, like I don't like these types of games. Like I said, they give me like a lot of times they give me anxiety and like right. Um, like that's what like just replaying sections over and over again, frustrating. But it's it, like it's so they do a great job being so different that I don't have a problem doing it over again. Like I get frustrated at times for sure, especially when you're having a great run and you've like you know, you're like you've done three sections. You're in your last section and you've you have all this residue saved up. You're like on this last mission. You have all these badass weapons you haven't fucking... If you are, like... You try to get, like, a little... Like I said, try to be a little tight with the money. Or I don't know if I want to spend the money on this yet because... Or the residue yet on this. Because I might get something better later and I don't want to blow it yet. And then you fucking die and you lose everything. Like, God damn it. <laughs> so, like, that shit, like, it's definitely still sucks. That's frustrating. But, like, part of the game. And, like, but it's, like, I'm... It's good enough that it's, like, it's not... Like, it's definitely very challenging in the beginning. But, like, 
as you're getting better upgrades and better weapons it's definitely getting uh easier but uh, yeah i'm having a fucking blast in this game gables uh what have you been playing buddy all right so predominantly i was playing pokemon brilliant diamond honestly honestly there's a couple things i can say i went through and i have beaten the game oh wow okay let's just say that <laughs> but uh the process of how I beat it, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting. Because I remember back in the day when I played through the original Pokemon Diamond and stuff, I remember there were certain tidbits that I didn't enjoy as much as I thought I would. There were obviously some elements I did enjoy and stuff. One of the things was kind of like the stagnation in terms of the storytelling in that regards. And because Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl take structure mostly after the original Diamond and Pearl releases... It felt kind of wonky at some points because in some of the story elements in regards to this Pokemon game, it feels kind of jarring because at one point and stuff, you'll go from when you just finish off like uh, the second gym leader battle, right? And it's like between gyms, the second gym leader fight and the third gym leader fight and stuff, there's a long portion of it to where like you'll have a bunch of battles, you'll have a bunch of random stuff that you'll go through with and stuff i thought it was kind of interesting in regards to just reliving that because i totally see how people were to get disinterested inside of that story back then because it's like you go through a you go through like a pretty much like a couple hours stint and stuff like doing a whole bunch of different things like the grand underground kind of like opens up to you and that's i spent a lot of time in the grand underground i thought it was fairly fun because here i was doing like a bunch of uh catching specific pokemon and stuff i actually ca caught a murkrow doing this stuff so like i caught a murkrow i had it on my team and stuff like that i actually did what i suggested you should have done like say last week and stuff to where if you wanted a grass pokemon there's rosalia available like later on in the game capture one of them so i end up doing that I so got I'm, a Bidou, and I, I, I evolved there. So. Oh, good. Good, good, good. So, basically, what my team consisted of is, like, I had my starter, which was a Chimchar and stuff. I had that Shinx that I had bought that I had, like, caught and stuff like that. Then I had this thing called a Buizel, which is basically almost like a, uh, like, it's pretty much like a Sea Weasel, quintessentially what it is. It's, it's fast, but yet it's a physical water attacker. Right? So, a predominant part of my team were, like, physical element attackers. So, you'd have, like, my Chimchar, which is physical fire, and then, like, obviously fighting type stuff. Uh, physical electric type, that was Shinx and stuff. Physical water type, that was uh, Buizel. Then, like, you had, like, physical attacker in terms of uh, Murkrow. But the later, the last two and stuff, I mean, my, my freaking... Uh, rosalia that i had caught and stuff like that that's pretty much a special attacker right so grass and stuff but there were a lot of different elements with that and the last member of my team that i had rounded up i caught a gibble inside that underground cycling thing that there was this cave right that you can go into but you don't really gain access to this full thing until you get the badge from the conolave like uh, city or something that gym and stuff because until badge six, you're not able to use, like, strength. Mm. And so you'll have access to go into this cave, right? But you'll be barred off by these three boulders that you can technically move with strength, but you can't really use it up until, like, far later on in the game. And so I waited until that point before I faced off against the last gym leader and stuff to, 
like uh, do a whole bunch of like you know different types of stuff, capturing Pokemon, this and that. But I went until that point to go back to that cave, explored that cave, got a couple of TMs. I caught a Gibble, which basically it's a Dragon type Pokemon, right? It's a pseudo legendary. It's a false. It's like one of those Pokemon that's strong enough to be an actual legendary Pokemon, but yet it's not quite. It's still like one of like uh, the main things in regards to the whole Sinnoh Pokedex and stuff to where it fully evolves into Garchomp. And Garchomp is extremely awesome in regards to having the main game because it has a huge access of like uh, specific types of moves you can use through Dragon, through Ground-type attacks. I mean, it's Dragon and Ground-type. One of the most powerful attacks in the game is Earthquake. And that's like a 100 base power, essentially. So that's huge in regards to that. So, I fully evolved into Garchomp. I had my Rosalia, I had evolved into, like, Roserade and stuff like that. That Roserade is so fucking awesome, because it's like, you could teach it not only Petal Dance, like, Petal Dance was one, I taught it Shadow Ball, I had, like, uh, Sludge Bomb that I had found, the TM for Sludge Bomb. And uh, there was, like, another move, Attract. That was a move that I used in later on for the Elite Four and stuff like that, but... Uh, the thing about it is, when I got up to the last point before the final gym leader, I looked at my team and was like, why do I feel weaker than I th- than I should be? And it wasn't until I started looking up a little bit of like backward, like back information on Cerebi.net, like the main Pokemon website and stuff, I went through some of the things and I learned that, oh hey, if I go to this move relearner, like this move like relearner in Pastoria City, this there is a person that you could talk to with if you give them a heart scale your pokemon can learn a specific move that it either forgot or it can actually instinctively like relearn or something like that automatically like there are a set amount of moves and stuff that some pokemon will learn without leveling up so it's like i had gathered a whole bunch of heart scales through my time in the grand underground I got a whole bunch of stones, I got a whole bunch of statuettes, I never bothered with the den stuff inside the Grand Underground, so I used a lot of that, and I taught my Infernape Flare Blitz, because I would have had to have waited until level 58 in order to learn that, and here I am like 10 levels earlier learning it, and then on top of that it's like I taught... My Roserade, like, uh, Petal Dance, because that was a move it could not learn the side of its Rosalia form, because at that point, it, it was not even an option in terms of learning it. So, I did a couple things, and especially with Floatzel, the, the evolved form of Weasel and stuff, to where there are two moves that it doesn't learn through level up that you'll need. One's Ice Fang, and the other one is Crunch, that you can learn through, like, uh, do, like, a relearn stuff. So that was part of the reminder to me. It's like, okay, I had to go to this person to go forth and relearn like certain moves and stuff so them to be fully competent in terms of like coverage. Because that's the most important thing towards the end game. It's like it's coverage of moves, techniques and stuff, how you're able to tank specific hits of specific types, how you're able to outspeed certain Pokemon in that regards. So I referenced before that between Gym Leaders 2 and 3 was like the longest portion, you know, it was like a long stint to where I was just doing a whole mm-hmm. bunch of random stuff. That's where 
I had some bit of like issues in that regards because yeah, I did spend about a good solid hour or two doing like the Grand Underground stuff like that. But because of how many NPCs and how much like stuff gets intersected in between that point, you literally go through and and like uh, go through a couple of different towns and stuff. There's one Hard Home City. The gym leader and stuff is not even like uh, battling you yet because you're not at that at that point where you can face them. That's Gym Five, right? And so I have to go all the way to Pastoria and stuff and beat, you know, try to go forth and beat a whole bunch of NPCs along the way. I didn't have to, but at the same point, I needed that value experience points and stuff like that to help my team level up. Because to put it into perspective, without this level up thing, without doing the whole leveling up like a, like how it was share. with Let's Go, the EXP share and stuff, it would have been a lot longer to grind and it would have been a lot longer to go through. And I kid you not, that's part of the reason why my original playthrough of Pokemon Diamond was at least over 50 hours. Is because of the grinding. You know, not putting into account like the online stuff. Which, why I had 200 and some odd hours inside Pokemon Diamond at that point in time in the DS. But, uh, for this game, I went through a whole bunch of NPCs. Went through... Like, a whole bunch of things up at that point. Some story points and stuff. But, uh, it's not until you get to Pastoria City where you get to face the gym leader for there. That's, like, the water gym and stuff. That's actually considered gym leader number, like, four. And so I'm like, where the fuck is gym leader number three? <laughs> Did I skip it entirely? No. It's a plot point. Right? To where it's, like, they randomly, like, have this thing mixed up to where... The water gym leader is supposed to be four, but then all of a sudden you had to backtrack to get the gym leader three, which is fighting. And they fixed that inside of Platinum to where once you get to Hard Home City to begin with and stuff like that, I mean, yeah, you're not able to face off against that thing, but they corrected the gym leader, like, uh, the, uh, the gym leader order with the water gym leader, like, in, uh, Platinum being number three, and then number four being the fighting, and then number five being, like, the ghost gym leader. So, having gone through all that stint, having gone through all the random gym leaders and stuff like that, I didn't have too much issues with them. Going through a lot of the NPCs, hardly any type of issues whatsoever because I kept on doing random stuff. I didn't really feel like I was challenged until I got to the Elite Four and the Champion. Granted, there's a reason why people consider this Elite Four and Champion from this generation of Pokemon games to be some of the best because they have some of the most coverage. They have some of the most, like... Uh, some of the most well thought out in regards to, to not only the party and the Pokemon that they use, but in terms of coverage, in terms of, like, some stuff. So, it's like you have the Elite Four and the Champion. You have a Bug-type trainer. You have, like, a Ground-type trainer. Fire. And then you have a Psychic-type trainer and stuff. Those are the Elite Four in of itself. And out of those four, I actually had uh, the most trouble with the Fire and the psychic type trainers and stuff. I did not lose to any of the Elite Four during my first run. I actually did I did like two runs, right? Initially oh. until when I beat the game, finally. The first run the first run I was able to get to the fire like uh, Elite Four member, right? His name is Flint. And quintessentially what ended up happening was there was a point where I was facing off against this Drift Blim, which ghost flying type, it has like specific types of uh move set right there's one move that you have to avoid at all costs and that's minimize minimize is a move that will increase the pokemon's evasiveness by plus two 
two stages, right? So in terms of stage effects and stuff like that, you have a maximum of five, five stages. So when something says it sharply increases something or sharply decreases, it'll either increase by two stages or decrease by two stages. So he'd use minimize, right? He used it about twice. And so when I was trying to do moves against him, I'd be missing, right? It wasn't until I made the conscious decision, okay, I need to hit attract with my Roserade on this Drift Blim and stuff, so that way it will at least have that chance where he will not attack me and be immobilized and stuff like that in that retrospect. And so I ended up getting him doing that. So what ended up happening was there was a random chance that I did. I selected Sludge Bomb, right? Not an effective move against the Ghost Flying type. I hit him, and I managed to get the poison. I managed to poison it on that one that one fucking sludge bomb, and I willed his life points away until finally, all those life points, all those health points and stuff are gone, right? So, I finally knocked out Flint after what was an eternity, battling against this fucking Drift Blim, and it was actually a little point of contention during my second run in that point too. So, for the last, for the last Elite Four, like, uh, trainer and stuff there were some elements that i found kind of frustrating one he starts off with a mr mime right and the mr mime if you don't hit it exactly right if you don't take him out immediately he'll set up double screens so he'll set up a reflect which increases the whole party sharply in their defense and he'll go forth and increase he'll use light screen which does Increases the defense of special defense and stuff by plus two stages and stuff. So quintessentially, it'll have a a fairly comparable wall. So that if you were trying to launch a physical attack or a special attack, it will do like half damage. So it took some time. And, he, and the first run, he took out three of my party members and stuff doing that shit. Until I finally took out the Mr. Mime set things up in motion with my, I think it was either with uh, Roserade or uh, with one of my other Pokemon, and I was able to defeat him. The challenge, the most challenging portion of this entire game was facing off against the champion. I had issues with it back in the day. I still had issues with it now. And it wasn't because of lack of skill. It definitely wasn't because of lack of preparation in that regards. The highest level... Pokemon she has, Cynthia, the champion of the elite, you know, the champion of the Sinnoh region. Level 66. So my party was near their mid-60s. The lowest one, I think, was Garchomp with about level 58 at that point. So I got to the specific point to where I whittled down a couple of her party, by her party Pokemon and stuff like that, until I managed to get up to her Lucario... And the thing about it was, Lucario came at a worst, the worst timing for me because it was after I, like, I had one of my other Pokemon that was just completely taken out that could have easily taken it out with, like, one hit. That was my Garchomp. My Garchomp just fell to her Roserade because her Roserade had a Fairy-type attack called Dazzling, like, Dazzling Gleam or something like that. Fairly powerful, super effective against Dragon-types. Hit it and killed it with one hit. And I'm like, oh shit, well there's the Pokemon I'm going to use to take out her Lucario. <laughs> so, I end up losing to her Lucario, and that ended my first run. And I looked at, I took like about a good solid like minute or two staring at my Switch, like staring at my TV screen. I'm like, 
yeah, that fucking just happened. And so at that point, I thought about maybe I should just quit for the night. And I'm thinking to myself after about a couple minutes, like, no, we're going to go through another run. And so went back. I go throughout the entirety of the run. I get to that exact same point. I'm facing off against this, the champion, Cynthia. And what ended up happening was something interesting to where I finally got down. I managed to get a lot of her Pokemon fainted and stuff throughout. And retain a lot of my party members. Out pops her Garchomp. Level 66, her highest thing. And it outspeeds every single fucking Pokemon I have here. <laughs> And so what ended up becoming a specific loop, it was an ever-revolving loop of me reviving my Luxray with Intimidate with any other party member and stuff. Because what would happen is, because I know Garchomp is a physical attacker, I have to resurrect and put out my Luxray because it has Intimidate that lowers down its attack by one stage. And so, every time they would knock out the Luxray, I switch out, I use a Revive on Luxray, I put it back in, I do this. And this went on for like a good solid like 5 or 10 minutes or something like that, until finally, she completely exhausts Earthquake from the Garchomp. It literally runs out of like uses. And so, she's using Dragon Claw, she's using Poison Jab and whatsoever. I finally decide to take a chance with this, right? So I have my Floatzel. And uh, up until this point, she's trying to counteract me using Intimidate by using Swords Dance. So Swords Dance is a, is a buffing move that increases your freaking attack by two stages, right? So I think I have her. And all of a sudden, she uses a Swords Dance. I'm like, motherfucker! <laughs> That's the one move I did not want to see. Oof. That's a lot to get out. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking sword dance, man. Yeah, of all the moves, you have Earthquake. It's like you have fucking Poison Jab. You have Dragon Claw. And you have fucking Swords Dance on top of that. I mean, you're already outspeeding my team. There's no fucking reason why you need another fucking attack boosting move in that regards. Because she was taking out a lot of my Pokemon with one hit anyway. But, uh... No, this took, this moment was to find the entire run here for me, which eventually ended up me beating Brilliant Diamond. So I had my Floatzel out, and I thought to myself, it's like, you know what, I'm going to call, I'm going to call her, she's going to go forth and use Sword Stance in this next move. And so what did I do? It's like, instead of going and trying to attack it with Aqua Jet, which is a priority move, it'll hit before anything in terms of speed stuff. I choose Ice Fang. And what ends up happening? She uses fucking... (laughs) She uses fucking Sword Stance. I hit Ice Fang and stuff. She manages to knock out my Floatzel and stuff the next turn. But... There's something else that happens. Because I revived my Infernape and stuff, that very last one... I finally get uh, Infernape. I used Mock Punch, another priority move, and I knocked the fucking Garchomp out. And that nice. was a flex move on my point. That If I didn't call out that bluff right then and there, that match would have been over. <laughs> but uh, it was a never-ending loop of me having to revive my party on top of having to simultaneously think on the fly of how am I going to 
take out this Garchomp with this high of attack level. And then it took me having to... It took me having to use one of my party members to whittle down the attack stages to make it less powerful on top of me having to counteract her count her counter of trying to use sword stance to boost the damn things up. Long story short, if you want to beat this fucking game, you gotta be at least in the mid-60s or at least close to the 70s, dude. It's And I went through every fucking NPC in the game that I could at that point. Without having to grind? I didn't have to grind majorly. That's the thing. I never had to grind because of the EXP share. But I will say it, it was the most satisfying shit imaginable. Going through that initial point and facing that challenge, finding a way to go through and beat that game. I will say, you know what? Pokemon Brilliant Diamond is a good game. There are aspects of it that were incredibly easy, but what the game racks up in difficulty is when you finally get to that last five battles in that entire game and all of a sudden it tosses everything at you and then you have a champion that just basically is a gigantic fucking bully that'll go through and just steamroll you even if you're not prepared <laughs> so overall you know what brilliant diamond is a good game and it's definitely a good point for people to relive nostalgic law wise and stuff and i feel like that this is a game that is definitely good. I would probably rate it like a little bit less than I did with Diamond back in the day. I did love the way it looked. The graphics actually look fairly cool, especially when you're traveling over water and stuff. You'll see the ripples and everything else. It's like so intricate in some aspects of it. There were some glitches I did find which were kind of hilarious. I saw this one video online and stuff to where the subtitle of the videos. Um, I think uh, the developers forgot to forgot that you could actually move your character diagonally so you actually mm -hmm. have the video of the ice gym or something like that and the whole key point of the puzzles is you have to go from tile to tile to break these snowballs and whatsoever so you can get right up to the gym leader so basically what the dude did is went to this one corner right where the gym leader is at like right up here right and he actually goes through wedges things like uh, diagonally to where you actually got up to the highest platform <laughs> so you know what there are some glitches. There are some, like, random, like, uh, thing, little artifacts and stuff. Especially if you're using your bike in certain areas. And there was one area where my Infernape, upon the cycling road area, where I get out of that cave, right? Where I caught that gibble. And I see my freaking Infernape. He's right on top of the bridge. And he's fucking glitching out. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, uh... I did like the aspect of uh, my Pokemon being able to walk with me after uh, going through that whole, M that whole, like, uh that park area and stuff. I think it was either in Pastoria City or somewhere else, but there were a lot of good things I felt in this game, and there are some post-game stuff that I do want to eventually get into and stuff. In terms of my Pokedex, it pretty much rates you upon, like, how uh, how many of them that you've seen. They actually keep track of how many Pokemon you've seen rather than what you've caught. So I think I've seen, like, around 146 out of the 150 or 149 possible. So, I've seen the vast majority, besides the two of the Legendary 3 in this game, plus whatever. But, I would actually rate it a solid 8.5 out of 10, because it's a fairly solid game. There are some hiccups here and there. The story is kind of stagnated between certain parts, especially between Gym Leaders 2 and 3, where that whole stretch can be kind of a slog to get through. I felt like the game did a better job in terms of the leveling up system, and... Like, having the experience here from the get-go, I mean, yeah, it does suck that you are not able to turn it off to give yourself an extra challenge, but at that point, I felt it was 
ideal in that situation because I was changing my party out multiple times. I had a pro I had like different Pokemon on my team that I wanted to use. And it was fairly forgiving in terms of me inserting new Pokemon and all of a sudden I pretty much gained a whole random bunch of levels. <laughs> and I thought it was really hilarious that I hoarded a whole bunch of rare candy and used it on my guard like my uh Gabite at that time and stuff to evolve it into Garchomp. It was hilarious. I had about eight or nine of them, and all of a sudden I got it right to the evolutionary level. I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to start using it on this one. I don't want to grind. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been gaming this week. Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> yeah, cool. I, I, I'm like, uh, I'm actually, I just literally just beat the fourth gym. Uh -huh. um, I'm kind of like exactly like where you're at, where it's like, yeah, like that gaps, the gaps in between gyms. Like I'm a little over 10 hours into it and it's just like way too long of a gap in between gym battles um, progressing. Yeah. And like, it's just, yeah, like you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, basically everything you were saying about that is very much mine without them, but I don't have the nostalgia of it where like, that's where I play Pokemon for is in nostalgia. Um, right. That's why I love like Pokemon. Let's go. Where I know a lot of hardcore Pokemon fans didn't like it. And it's like, I played it purely because it was nostalgia uh, I have zero nostalgia. I played this on DS, but I didn't even finish it on there. Um, I, I'm still enjoying it. Like the meta oh, yeah. game, like it's just it's all about the meta game, really, for these type of things than anything of like. But um, I, I plan on keep playing it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just hopefully it's, it's, it sounds like it quickens up after after this. It so does I, quicken I, up quite a bit, actually, and to put things to perspective. My final time with that game before I beat it, 30 hours, 30 minutes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, all right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm 10 hours in, so you're telling me I'm only a third of the way through the game. Well, that's that depends, really. I already I had to switch my party a couple different times and stuff, so it took a little bit longer in that regards. I switched out about two or three party members. So I actually have a, I had a Honchcrow, I had a Roserade, Garchomp. Like uh, Infernape and stuff, my Floatzel, and obviously my Luxray and stuff. That was I thought that was a good balance of a team, but some part of it was like researching and stuff, making sure I had the right moves, making sure I had the right coverage and stuff. But uh, my suggestion to you and stuff, I would definitely have like say you have your Infernape, keep having like Mock Punch on collaboration. Oh yeah, with, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mock punch in collaboration with a move that you'll learn later on close combat. That will definitely be a good idea. I have that one too. Yes. Both of those moves are ideal. If you had like, say like a water type, say like a float slow or something like that to where you had a priority water type move on top of that, having any type of good elemental, like priority attacking move, like say a mock punch or an aqua jet or whatsoever, even like something as simple as fake out. That is good for a setup. And that's good in case, like you say, you use a close combat, you have like a little bit of health left. Let's say your opponent tries to attack you or something, you just hold on and all of a sudden it's like, you know it's going to outspeed in the next turn? Use Mock Punch. That'll yeah. do priority one, and that'll take it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I use my Quick Claw. I have that on my Infernape and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm doing okay on that. Yeah, I like my my Pokemon. I just literally, the last thing I've done is beat the fourth gym, and my, po uh, my Infernape is... In the like thirty six or thirty seven. Yep. And everybody else is like low thirties. So out of curiosity though, what do you have for your party currently? Besides Infernape? Uh, I have Infernape, uh Star Starly. The evolved the most evolved version of the bird 
So. Okay, so Staravia, and then you have Star Staravia. Raptor at like thirty six, I think it is. Yeah, I got there. So he's the he's he's evolved all the way there. I have a Graveler. Okay. Uh, Psyduck. Uh, Bedou evolved to Rosalia. Rosalia, yes. Rosalia. So Fun fact. Fun fact, in order to evolve that Rosalia and stuff, definitely go through Iron Mountain, which is, like, right after, like, the Conalave, like, uh, it's in Conalave City, it's a plot point where you'll go through eventually, but you go through the Iron, that Iron Mountain thing, you'll actually, yeah, blocked off. Yeah. you'll actually go through, you'll go through that initial section, but at near the end of that, you'll get a, you'll get an item called the Shining Stone, that is what will help you evolve that Rosalie, that Rosalia into Roserade. Yeah, I already have one. I'm just waiting oh. to evolve it. Okay, okay. Uh, I think I've, I've someone gave me one. I think I can't remember my sixth wow. one. So those are my five. Oh, I have the the Sphinx. I have the the third version of that one. Luxray. So he's Luxray. Yeah. So I have the fully all my Pokemon are fully evolved except for my Rosalia. Nice. So, um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that pretty much all I've been playing. Yeah, bunch of Death Loop. So the last couple of days, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like that, you know, like want to hear more from us, we're everywhere. Podcasts are, are could be cast at. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, thumbs up, five stars, whatever you can do. Shares is the big thing. Uh, YouTube, obviously, if you're watching this, that's where we're at. Please like, share, subscribe on there. Uh, really helps us out with the algorithm, gives us a chance to be seen. Um, Facebook, Twitter, we're on there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Shares is the biggest thing you do, but reviews and likes, thumbs ups, all those really greatly help us as well. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I was so, so Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, have yourself a fun time during this holiday seasons and stuff. Definitely play some fun video games, but thank you very much for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. Hey, Gables. Yeah? Too sweet? Too sweet, man. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.